Welcome to this free TF, which we are it's going to... It's the free one. Unlike uh, what my uh, fine colleague has just uh, done here, uh, I want mm. to start on a more somber note. Fine mm. colleague. Uh, my fine... <laughs> my colleague. Uh, mm. My 10 out of 10 dime piece baddie yeah. colleague. Uh, That's my, right. My, my caked up colleague. <laughs> my, my, my twink colleague. Yeah, that'd be true. That's, yeah. To be fair, with that recent picture of you in the car, yes, my twinky oh my colleague. I'm so much twinkier there. A 23-year-old twink Milo, RIP. No, no. This is. We, I want to strike a somber note because there's been a person who I think has been with us for a lot of the life of this podcast. Mm. And while we may sure. not have always agreed with what he did, I think we have to accept that he provided us with a real sense of purpose in giving us something to understand the world in relation to and to work against. And I think without him... Yeah, he, he gave us permission to be with. Without him, I don't think we'd be where we are today. Uh, and so I sure. just want to take this moment to commemorate... Charlie Palmer died. <laughs> to commemorate that Rajiv Misra, the architect of the SoftBank Vision Fund, has left his job at SoftBank. <sighs> Pouring some out. Yep. Pouring this is the worst out. and only resignation to happen summer, this month. Look, man, really the sure. summer of Morbius takes more victims. R.I.P. to a real mm. one. But maybe, I don't know. He went out like Stan <laughs> Finally. Maybe, uh, yeah, was like part of the great resignation, right? So maybe he's decided that he wants to spend some take time, take some stock, uh, maybe start a podcast. Mm -hmm. He really got into baking during the lockdown. And he just decided that that's what his calling in life is and not giving billions of dollars of funding to an app that makes a Wi-Fi connected toilet. So, you know what? Like, I appreciate this positive cottage core turn in his life. And, like you said, this is the only resignation that matters right now. So, I feel like this episode's done. Time to riff. Yep. Yeah, uh, bye. Well, uh, so, if, if by cottage core, of course, you mean um, move to the Emirates and just open up another fund there, but not at SoftBank, that is, of course, what he's done. I assume they have yeah. cottages in the Emirates. It's when, you, when you've got as much money as Rajiv Misra and you're used to living in like fucking Belgravia or whatever, why the fuck would you agree to move to the Emirates? Because you don't need the money. And it, as a country, it's hell on earth. Like, what? what is the... I mean... Just really, I, I don't know, just really enjoying the prospect of living somewhere that's entirely dependent on desalinization to get the water in and giant fleets of trucks to get the shit out. If you have money and you're in the Emirates, um, like it's a very different life to kind of just like, you know, being there normally, even if you're sort of like somewhat rich in like the West, like going there normally, it's like hell on earth and you shouldn't do it. But if you're like, in, if you have like insane amounts of money, you can basically just sort of live a life that is tailored towards you. And like the Emirate, mm. the government will like give you, literally give you anything you want in order to ensure that. So Sort of yeah. like the metaverse, you know, yeah. you can just have any experience that you want. You can just go up to someone, you'd be like, hey, can I kill a guy? He's got, like, you yeah, can we'll meet Nick Clegg. The, Emir the Emirates to a lot of these guys are basically is basically just like a safe space for them to be told that like, you know, they're really good and special and their innovations are really worth it. And like, if you want to go to a place with loads of stupid startups, like go there, like there's tons of them. That's a brutal idea to go up to the, like the fixer, the guy who can get you anything and be like, could you just tell me I'm like a good person? <laughs> <laughs> I think for the next Dubai Expo, they should build a giant Nick Clegg. Yeah, perfect. That you can the talk to and yeah, hang we've, out we've, we've built the robotic Nick Clegg that's uh, stampeding throughout town. Mm. Now, 
before I, I sort of move off this uh, SoftBank thing, I think there might have been some more resignations and some other stuff happening. What? Um, no. I'd like to add that. I, I, I don't pay attention I'd, to that I'd like stuff. to add that this is like good news for us because the only person who's more insane than Rajiv Misra is taking over management of the SoftBank Vision Fund, and that is Masayoshi San himself. So yes. I'm, He's back, yeah, Masayoshi. Very excited to see <laughs> him, I don't know, create some kind of, you know, moon rock mining startup but then forget to give anyone a spacesuit. very exciting yeah, if, if you ever wondered if we were going to run out of startups mashiosi son sim like single-handedly guaranteed our future yeah, of doing absolutely. the startup segment uh so look um here's the thing uh, i have just uh, uh um enjoyed doing a small uh, what they call in the industry a fake out because of course mm. what we have to talk about is um all our borises gone Mm. They found out you could use three slurp juices on a single Boris Johnson. Yeah, and that he, he could not be allowed to to stay in office. Just at, at the perfect time to own me about it too, because he had been holding on by his fingernails for so long that it seemed like the whole constitutional order of like convention and custom, and we're asking you really nicely. Uh, we don't, you know, we're going to miss you, but we think you ought to go, sort of thing. I thought he was just going to hold on for long enough to make all of that moot, and instead. Mere moments after I posted, oh, he's just going to hold on forever, he fucking resigned. Cunt. I hate being owned because also my assumption was post vote of no confidence, he would just say, fuck you, you can't remove me. And would the 1922 committee actually change the rules? Maybe, but until they actually did that, there was no mechanism by which they could get him to go except shame. And... Mm -hmm. And as we know, shame does not it's work. Not work on so Boris I don't Johnson. know what they did. I don't know what they did that I'll tell works. you what they did is that everyone resigned and he couldn't fill the jobs in his government. So he would have been like he would have been like having with hundreds of MPs, of Tory MPs in Parliament, it would have been like splitting the jobs among like a lib dem number of frontbenchers. Mm. Just being like, okay, you like Nadine Dorries, you have four different ministerial posts, uh, and, and so on and so on. I think she could have held all of the great offices of state at once. Yeah, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. and I would have liked to have seen it. Look, if there's one thing I think that I, I if there's one thing that I believe, it is that um, at this point uh, the British Constitution, uh, such as it is or isn't, uh, and uh, does not yeah, exist. And a lot of does not. I, yeah. I spent so long studying, like in law school, right? Two things that I studied the most: constitutional law and EU law. One of them is now useless to me, the other one is now proven to have never existed. Because, like, the study of the British Constitution has depended entirely on constitutional lawyers and constitutional academics sucking themselves off about how good it is, how flexible it is, because it's based on custom and it's unwritten and it's, you know, it, it, it infers a sort of a social consequence rather than a legal consequence. And then it turned out, if you just ignore that, you, nothing well, If happens. it doesn't confer a legal consequence, that sort of makes it not the law, doesn't it? That's one of the yeah. big... <laughs> One of the big issues with it is a legal. Yeah, discipline. well, that's the thing. I, I did. I, I did an LLB, which stands for like uh, a Bachelor of Law and also Vibes, so both laws. My take was, of course, that uh, it's good that this is happening. This is uh, clearly dead weight, uh, and the more that this bumbling clown can just fuck up and be weird and discredit it, the better. 
and yeah. the better it, yeah oh sure this is this it, it discredits and it damages the institutions that we all you know no hate loves. which mm-hmm. is yeah. great I, I thought the funniest tweet about this was andy burnham who managed to be incredibly cringe and go like oh like something like classic sense of eaten entitlement or something and it's like no he's so much of a weirder guy than that you don't understand types of eaten guys love resigning and being like my, my honor has forced me to re-. like it's the least eaten thing it, it was him against a, a couple of dozen like a battalion of eaten guys and they were locked in there with him exactly yeah he just he just wouldn't go because he had even less shame than any of them all politicians should have to do a mandatory course in podcasting so that they understand types of guy. I will not have people keep just lazily <laughs> bleating the word eaten as though it means anything anymore. Come up with a better taxonomy. So, so we were there for a lot of Boris Johnson. Like we can remember, you know, we're running the little slideshow now. I mean, this show um, predates Boris Johnson being prime minister, obviously, and uh, we we sort of, I believe, we predicted that uh, in the the sort of morass of 2019, there was one reason and one reason only why Boris Johnson was going to be made prime minister. And we didn't ever believe that anyone else was going to be prime minister when the Tories were picking a replacement for Theresa May. And, yeah, I think we got his And, and, and the, our, our, our take was basically Boris Johnson is the cry laugh emoji prime ministerial candidate. And that's who they want because they have to go against a guy, call it a non-traditional, non-standard politician who has that sort of like anti-establishment edge. So what do you do? You get just William and you make him the prime minister, which is what they did. Um, and now we've lived in the consequences of that. Uh, he, he ran, he ran an election and basically they just did every lie, cheat and steal fucking bullshit thing, pull all the strings, you know, they possibly could just absolutely which is the kind of thing that the British constitution was des- like has developed to enable, right? That's why I'm not sad about it, like, you know, withering. But I think that, you know, ultimately they, 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 uh, they probably published a manifesto that basically said nothing but do Brexit, uh, make it illegal to be a traveler, um, and nothing yeah. else. Uh, he drove a JCB through a bunch of foam bricks that said Brexit. And, um, yeah, that was what the hogs wanted. And we credit we where now- is due. That was good. <laughs> And now we live in the consequence of it. And so I feel like watching Boris Johnson finally run run out of usefulness, if you will, that's the most interesting part because to me it felt like once the, call it the sort of like actual brain power and the Tory party and the Murdoch papers and all that shit, like they had a guy who was pretty useful to them. You know what I mean? Like he was scandal proof. He could do anything. And he didn't want to do anything. He certainly didn't want to work. But, you know, like, he was scandal-proof. And they... The thing is, when you've had this many scandals, you build up a sort of immunity. It's like Mithridates <laughs> and poison. And, uh, Nobody's interested. I don't know, man. Like, he, he just... It, it's amazing to me. But uh, you'd think they would have wanted to get more mileage out of him. But it seems as though, actually, he finally... They picked an arbitrary thing, but he finally just pissed them off too much. It's it's like a mob movie. No loyalty, no honor. Mm. Um, but it, but it's like a mob movie where like like fully it's it's well past the walking down the street in your bathrobe phase. It's like the walking down the street in your bathrobe phase after you've shit in literally everyone's mailbox. Like, <laughs> and at a certain point, I think yeah, they just got tired of him. But I don't know. Like, uh, I'm not a Tory Kremlinology person. It just seemed as though they had the advantage of a guy who was shame proof and. Mm. Mm. And now they're throwing it away. Throwing it all for, away for what? 
For whom? For wh which of these band of freaks and psychos shall lead our country next? Liz Truss. <laughs> Absent the possibility that Boris either like tries to cling on or tries to affect some sort of comeback down the line, of which you know, never count out touchdown, Tom. Don't don't rule oh, it out. Boris Johnson uh, and Donald Trump back in the same term. What yeah. a what a vibe that would Look, be. Come on, don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but <clears throat> it becomes it becomes like breathing, right? You can, you have like four or five years of these guys, and then you have four or five years of the same people, but normal, -er, and then you go. But it just you know it repeats in that cycle. This fits into my understanding of the sort of. Of, of the cycle that British politics has basically been in since Thatcher, which is a massive, a massive sort of program of sort of Tory vandalism of rip of ripping and tearing things up to basically wind down the state as a going concern to drive down prices to drive down uh, wages rather. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the fire so, yeah. sale. Sure. And then and then and then what happens, of course, is Labour and the technocrats come in to fix it all up and make it work and try to fund it just enough to make it all take over. Uh, until which point? Say, and, that's a great act. What do you call it? The technocrats. Until was which point as all of the like uh, sort of this sort of this impulse this impulse to demolish the country in which they live to rip the copper wire out of the walls just builds up so much that everyone gets so bored with and mad at the technocrats that they hate that they bring in a bunch more vandals who then do a bunch more vandalism and at this point I think realistically like in terms of the long structural cycles of British politics we're just we are back at the stage where the technocrats are going to default in because everyone's tired of the vandalism. And then what they're going to do is they're just going to take all of the vandalism, like, for example, uh, the Rwanda flights uh, or like the um, sort of like the, the sort of insane new trade relationship We're that we have with our close offset neighbors. The Rwanda flights. Yeah, like the, the, exactly. Yeah, they're going to come in and carbon offset the Rwanda flights by essentially making all of this policy, all of these new policy space that have been opened up, assuming, well, that's just sort of. That's just what it is. That's now settled. It would be divisive for us to go back on it. People got that stuff because they voted for it because they liked it. And if we don't keep what they liked, they won't vote for us again. And so you just sort of make it work and you institutionalize it and you make it very official. And yeah, yeah. What, what if the same policy but administered semi and then And then four years later, five years later, however many years later, once again, uh, the boring technocrats are going to like people are going to get stirred up again. There's going to be another inexcusable thing that is happening that's been happening under the watch of the boring technocrats and another oh, round no. of vandalism. Am, will I, am I the inexcusable thing? I think I'm the inexcusable thing. I hate being the inexcusable thing. So I would say also, when I think about what caused this, let's not forget, because a lot of people listening to this show aren't British, that the notional reason why there was this rebellion in Johnson's cabinet was because one of the, the conservative deputy whips was apparently known to be a sex pest. And, Atrocious nonsense. Yeah, it was yeah. Abusing, abusing men, you know, Against uh, touching them and harassing them again without consent, and not only did Johnson apparently know this, he then lied to the cabinet uh, that about the fact that he knew, and then also yeah. he he laughed it off. At the yeah, time. and he basically like, the, the guy's name is uh, Chris uh, Chris Pincher, and Boris liked it, uh, Pincher by name, Pincher by nature. And basically, there was apparently another quote that he said uh, that like it's actually like I only want sex pests or something like that. Said, in, like, All the sex pests love me. 
Yeah, exactly. Because and, and basically, <laughs> you know, it, it's sort of a blackmail and control kind of thing. That's kind of a Trump line. Oh, the sex pests—they love me. Well, they they love sound me. very good. The very, the yeah, the, the very fine people. The thing is, everyone uh, everyone knew about this. Everyone knew that everyone knew about this. A lot of the lobby journalists knew about this. Everyone yeah. knew that every single other scandal of Boris's what they, they all knew about it the whole time. And well, yet, if you point and yet if you pointed this out in 2019. Then you would have been called a conspiracy theorist. Also, but the, the last point I want to make, though, is to me the real reason is right now for the first time Johnson is actually seeming like an albatross around their neck because they just had two by elections in which in Wakefield and uh, what is it in Tiverton and Honiton, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. where in one case they lost a seat to Labour and in another seat they lost a seat to the Liberal Democrats. And in the case of Tiverton and Honiton, it was like a 25, 24,000 vote majority got overturned. So, now granted, that was a loss to the Lib Dems. But uh, there is, I think, some anxiety about the fact that their polling has, in fact, been quite bad. But that I think so much of that also is what's been going on in this country with cost of living and then just general stupidity of nothing working. And uh, yeah. it does feel like, like what you said, Riley, like finally, after all the vandalism, the guys chasing the warriors, which in this case is the, the conservative party, are the guys in the fucking Cadillac hearse. They have clanked the bottles together and said warriors come out and play so many times. The wheels have finally fallen off the fucked up car they drive. <laughs> and so now you're stuck with this hulk of a car. And so labor's got to come in and say, actually, this is this is the best car that could ever exist. Labour being the roller skating guy. Yeah, I, the, the baseball things. furies. They're two definitely th the baseball furies. They love <laughs> yeah. America and they love getting killed by trains. I, I have no idea it's where true. the fuck I'm going with that. <laughs> two, two things, right? First thing, Johnson was finally knifed. He was finally brought down by the coordinated resignations of Rishi Sunak and Sajid Javid, right? Uh, Sajid Javid has like since explained himself. Mm, the Saj. Yeah, he's claimed two things. First thing, that the resignation with Rishi was not coordinated, right? Which is a flat lie. Second thing, he was inspired to resign after hearing a House of Commons sermon about integrity. Amazing. And he had he had a sort of like um, you know, a Damascene conversion, right? Where he was like, wait a second, this guy I've been a senior minister for. It's actually been a piece of shit the whole time. I am time. more willing to believe in the fucking Cheech and Chong nice dream strain of weed that turns you into an iguana than the idea that a Tory MP <laughs> has a fucking Damascene conversion because of a, a sermon given in Parliament. Like, I'm sorry, but it's just... I... You know what? I will just pass the microphone because the <laughs> level of just you shut the fuck. What the fuck is wrong with like just losing my mind at these people? Like the credulousness and just like the fact that anything they say is treated with any seriousness. Sajid Javid. That's what he, that's what he, he heard. A great speech by Keir Starmer in which Keir was advocating <laughs> for the adherence to the Nolan principles of conduct in public office, a return <laughs> to the Nolan principles to which we all agreed when we were elected. And if we want to talk about resignation letters as well, I mean, R Rishi's resignation letter was essentially didn't mention any of the of the conduct stuff at all. I mean, again, have a huge picture of his own head on it. <laughs> that's right. Uh, but what you have, to, I mean, again, like assume all of these people are you know completely uh, cynical backstabbers who've done nothing basically but be in sort of different forms of student politics for most of their life. All of yeah. these, all of these people have been in a knife Boris knife emoji group chat mm. for the past like seven years minimum. And so essentially, right. Um, you know, you, but if you look at what the, the resignation letters, it's how they're pitching, right? So Saji Javid said, yes, Boris, you were so important in stopping the specter of Corbynism because 
you know, absolutely, that was going to be worse than this. And of course, you know, um, and, and, and with Rishi, he said, Boris, I'm afraid you put taxes up too high. We're not doing austerity like we should have done. All of us have the memory of goldfish. Um, and, and, and now, now Rishi is being swooned as a socialist, a socialist chancellor by Jacob Rees-Mogg, which is fucking great. I, I love, I love politics. I can believe that Jacob Rees-Mogg earnestly believes that Rishi Sunak is a socialist, but of course Jacob Rees-Mogg is insane. That's Jacob Rees-Mogg is out of his mind. I, I, I want to I make a prediction, which is that if Jacob Rees-Mogg managed to become the Tory uh, party leader... I actually think, unlike what the the smart guy, Sam F or whatever, who can't cook a chicken and posts his food gore pics thinks, I don't think it would lead to electoral annihilation. I actually think nothing after what we have experienced in the last four years can convince me that the British public is somehow going to come to their senses and not elect haunted Victorian children's doll Jacob Rees-Mogg prime minister. Genuinely. That's true. Genuinely. That's true. Like, like the, the, you cannot tell me they wouldn't vote for him. I j- we, we have hit rock bottom, I think. I think we, we've, and we found that there is no, you know, there is no one who the British public would not elect, apart from a quite nice man who wanted to make their lives a little bit better. Jimbly Crimbly. Jimmy Crimbly. And I think that the, the other thing to sort of, th- I mean, I don't really care about his resignation speech, which was essentially, again, self-congratulatory and self-pitying. the brakes. In the, yeah, exactly. In the it's same. been a long day without you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> but I will tell you all about it when I see you again. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, it, it, you should have gone off to yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Like, that would have been cool. <laughs> yeah. Number one. Um, but I think that there is um, that that is, and, and of course, you know, again, um, uh, the lobby journalists uh, sort of said, oh, what a what a dignified speech!" As he came out and was like, "It's everyone's fault for uh, uniting against yeah. me. You're all bad friends." The, the lobby the lobby journalists all said, "What a dignified speech!" And then got fifteen texts at once from various conservatives who were like, "That was fucking disgraceful," and immediately changed their minds, which was a, a great moment in our sort of political stenography. It's, it's a really it really is just a wonderful view into a functional state, isn't it? Um, well, also, yeah. also, just to bear in mind that he resigned on the day of the Spectator Garden Party as well, which is like a very small thing, but also incredibly it's funny. It's a to huge me. thing because they all had to go and like get drunk yeah. and pretend to be like friends with one another while sort of all actively running around again, half cut <laughs> while trying that, to make alliances. Was, well, it was th- like- that's that's the perfect sort of. Armando Yanucci moment, right? As everyone is plotting, everyone is running around, everyone is making phone calls to fuck each other over. It was also like it, it was also just a very good example because I saw some of the photos that came because they post the photos like afterwards, and like this one was obviously quite interesting because you're sort of trying to spot like who's in and who isn't. Um, within that, you sort of have like people who have at the time hadn't announced that they were going to run for the leadership, but like definitely are now. So like you can definitely imagine that they used that time to sort of like you know talk to. Uh, lobby people about you know support and, and all that stuff but a lot of it was always incredibly theatrical in the same in the way that like the spectator garden party is uh by nature yeah but yeah by nature not least because you have like allegra strassen who like uh the god is he like she a godmother of like rishi's kids or like you know it just has a very so, yeah. just has like a very close relation yeah they all kind of like are godparents it's of each other's things yeah. yeah yeah so and then you have like allegra strassen the day afterwards just being like oh we don't know when rishi sunak's like very slick video came out to announce his leadership and it's just like you can text him on your private number and ask like <laughs> you don't have to post or you don't have to post any of this like what do you expect is going to happen when you post this stuff where you're pretending but you don't have 
have like this incredibly personal relationship with all of, like it. Uh, yeah, because everyone, everyone can see it. Everyone knows, and they've made the judgment correctly that it doesn't matter. Ready for Rishi. The thing I kind of wanted to say, which is like about Boris, but also is just kind of like you know something to bear in mind as we sort of watch like this play out. This like you know, this kind of like very bad theatre show play out over the next few months is that like one of the reasons why like Boris was able to stick for so long is because like he kind of like we you know we he he kind of knew everyone, but crucially, like this was the one, like the, the Johnson kind of administration was also the first, really one of the first formal administrations where like media and politics really sort of intertwined, right? Because he was like the spectator editor, but he was also just like someone who knew people in media in such a kind of like in-depth and innate way that their interactions with him would just be fundamentally different because ultimately they, they just saw him as like one of them. Right. And like where those lines kind of blurred, then, you know, you end up in a situation where like, you know, they are like the media generally like a lot easier on him than they would necessarily be to other like people. I don't know whether that will like apply to others in the Tory party, but I do imagine that like the kind of relationship that depending on who gets elected anyway, the type of relationship that they will have with like the new Tory leader will be very, very different to him. Clearly just because those lines like blurred a lot over like the kind of period of time that Boris was around. Um, you think now yeah. it's possible to get I don't think really it's possible for for if you are committed to governing in the it, within the bounds of what is acceptable to do I don't think it's possible to do anything other than what he did which is basically governed by press release and what happened to him is the negative press releases just began to outnumber the positive press releases but that's really all he ever did and let's not pretend the press wasn't trying. I mean, I, I can just think of if we were we, we could literally play around the table game for the rest of the episode if we wanted to. We're not going to, but we could where we just it's like keeping the ball aloft of just one after another, remembering stupid anecdotes or dumb fucking things people said like in support of Johnson or like as a part of sort of the Johnson electioneering. Like, of course, would you nationalize sausages comes to mind. But I was thinking when Hussein, when you said about him, the sort of media intertwined stuff like. I also think that the extent to which so much of it was just like the idea that Boris Johnson just embodied, you know, Britain being important again and Britain Britain mattering again when like, you know, the sun, granted it's tabloids, but the sun running, you know, a photo of Boris Johnson's face superimposed on the sun saying it would be like a bright morning for Britain or like when he, you know, failed to pull out for the 19th time and the fucking, I want to say it was the telegraph. I want to say it was... um. God, I can't remember her name, but it's one of these insane columnists who Allison Pearson, who who referred mm. to his his <laughs> his either sixth or seventh child as a bouncing baby Brexit boy. It's like, what the fuck does that mean? What the fuck does that mean? Like, who gives a shit? But like that that's the level of what you would get in coverage, just constantly, constantly, just like hyping it up in a way that had no like like it wasn't just that it was style over substance. It was there was no pretense there was any substance whatsoever. Boris Johnson just gave you like naughty Churchill vibes, apparently. And that was all that mattered. Remember the time he had a domestic with his then girlfriend and uh like like the people, their neighbors who called the cops got monstered by the press in response? Yeah, and also me, me, the yeah. labor activists who <laughs> fucking yes, Yeah, and also like it was kind of, you know, it was that sort of Guido Sun Nexus where it's crucially just like, well, you've got Harry Cole who like was the ex 
boyfriend or husband or whatever the most of the yeah, right. man in British right. political and then, history. And then I don't know what his name was, but like the god, like the Godfather, right? So it's like you still got the same problem of okay, Stains? you've got you, you've got you've well, I don't fucking know, but like you know, you, you've mm. got like these people who are so sort of like personally connected, just pretending that like they have this distance when like everyone who sort of reads it, who is aware of it, is just like this is truly insane how you're just pretending, but like you don't know what's going on. And whenever you sort of like bring this up to any of these people. They'll either like ignore you or they'll kind of say if they do ever address it that, oh, you know, it, you know, we take our jobs very professionally and seriously. So like when it comes to so when it comes so when it comes to work matters, like I can keep that separation. But it's like, no, because like the, the way that the lobby has worked and crucially over the past like five years at least, like the way that the Conservative Party have like used the lobby to kind of like, you know, do, you know, to like avoid accountability and basically play access with them in such a way that like they have no choice but to like ascend to it. Like that is so obvious to anyone who like even has any remote like understanding of how media works. And the fact that like this theater is played for so long is just like truly, truly exhausting because again, like, you know, they'll either just ignore you or they'll sort of just like make asinine comments, which are like objectively untrue. Um, I don't know whether this will necessarily apply to like whoever comes next only because I was going to say, and I'll like, I'll like end this there. Cause like, again, I could talk about this for like an entire episode too. I don't think that Johnson necessarily like represented like this sort of like Churchillian character or, or in like in as sincere, way as like, you know, some sun headlines would have us. What he kind of represented was like a validation among lots of journalists who don't really have any idea of like what this country looks like or how it works, like what the people here think would like it to think. And like that sort of level of insularity that really only comes when you spend so much time in Westminster or like within Westminster circles that you just like have no idea how real people work beyond those sound bites or like how they sort of interact with politics on a day by day basis. Like, I think what he did and what his administration did was just really validate that worldview um, to the point where like now that's sort of how they function. And, and, and the way that the reason that this works, right, is that like, we have to remember what I think 2019 fundamentally represented. And that only is becoming more and more clear in retrospect, uh, or specifically the election of Keir Starmer as, as labor leader, the total severing of British politics from any kind of material concern. Where this, and we're in the place of the politics, in the place of shifting our our polit- are the boundaries of what is acceptable to beyond what will work, has meant that what in what fills it in is lurid personal stories, ludicrous shenanigans, and then as you say, Hussein, like these people just pretending not to know one another, but essentially just having a little friend group squabble. Where we where we just determine who gets to have a go on the social murder machine for the next several years. Yeah, the social murder Sibian. <laughs> yeah, the only interaction that politics can have with the real world is to make it worse. But, for but real I mean, maybe maybe I should ask Milo this because you are, of course, the resident Anglo vibes expert. Although Alice, <laughs> you know, Hussein, you all, I'm consulting. You, you all, yeah, you sure. all, you basically, it's like the star chamber of the three of you in terms of figuring out the type <laughs> of guy, the type of brain. But like, part of me just wonders it, in my less generous moments when I've sort of am, you know, feeling like just throwing in the towel about this stuff that like, I mean, America fucking sucks. And we elected a, a senile racist game show host as our president and i feel like nothing could be more american than a senile racist tv show and, host being president and now president. we've gotten rid of the game show host part 
Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's right. We have heard you, and we have gotten rid of the one part of that you find objection. <laughs> but, but I was going to say, like, is there just a thing in the water here that people basically like are just willing to accept anything if it, it lets them think that they're being governed by like a naughty schoolboy who fucks because that's who jo- Boris Johnson is just like like a 50 year old man in short trousers in like a fucking like basically a primary school uniform yeah he's who, like, got one of those cannot, caps with the propeller on the top exactly you know, cap with the propeller mm. but he cannot stop fucking and he's got like he's just just shagging left and right like endless mm. endless numbers of kids no one knows how many kids he's got like there's something about that that just seems like it wouldn't work in America. Like, like the he's kind of an co- aberration, though, in terms of actual prime ministers. I think he's he's much more mm. like a kind of like a backbench or maybe a frontbench MP at a push. Like that's but, but, that's definitely like a type of guy you get. But in what British I'm trying to say though is that like Trump, Trump is an aberration as president in terms of that actually being the president of the United States. But he's not an aberration in terms of type of fucking American guy. There's just like it would have to be the most like vulgar Marxist critique of America, basically that yeah. derives the mm. situation. In in which you get, I, you know, you basically get like racist $64,000 question host is mm. your president now. And I feel like Boris Johnson. I, I, I see what you're saying. But Boris, Boris isn't like the id of Britain in the same way that Trump is the id of the United States or much of it because he fucks too much. And it's, it is weird. And I think mm. I, I agree with Milo. It is like, I, I can only attribute it to, you know, him having, you know, the, the heart of the Turk or whatever. That he, <laughs> <laughs> he, ha- he has that, like, Ottoman spirit in him that makes him want to no, fuck I, I think lot. genuinely it was, it was that he was, it's that it was time for the vandalism. And he was, he was, a, he was a basically famous uh, and then didn't have any shame. And that's all that you needed. He was, well, he was a famous posh guy. And like, he's the kind of posh guy that like British people or like lots of British people seem to really like. Well, for reasons that sort of go beyond me, but the type of posh guy that like had dresses like shit, has a house that like is breaking into smells of damp all the time, um, just like owns lots of like crap, like shit in the house. Old Volvo. Yeah, mm-hmm. like not like I guess I don't know whether that's like old money. I don't even know like what type, how you would sort of separate it or anything. But yeah, he's he's a certain kind of British rich guy that like I'm sure maybe one of the listeners has more of an insight into. But like, it's definitely familiar if you've like sort of grown up in areas at least you know i can only speak about the south but like in the south there are like or in the southeast uh in kent and stuff like yeah, it's, it's you have definitely those types an old of, money thing yeah it's an old money thing because of his like carelessness i would say well, I, i'd like to move on from johnson in particular right to sort of a lot of what is what it toast to, to the so what uh to w- which of these freaks well, shall lead us just, not just which <laughs> of these freaks shall lead us but like what and i that i think the roots of this i mean the roots of this particular thing are very much, you know, in deeply inside uh, Johnson and his own characteristics because of the way that he rose and fell was essentially that he's a creature of, of the papers and that Britain is a pap- nation that is weirdly deferential to papers. And we needed to have our vandal be the person who'd be, you know, deferential to the papers. What is very shocking, not very shocking, in fact, not completely unshocking, uh, totally unsurprising, is the extent to which. There is this campaign now that the, the aberration is gone. The unusually rude man who has just enough shame to have left after being an embarrassment for a while is gone. That somehow normal. Yeah, we can get back to normal yeah. now. And normal and, is doing all of the same shit. Yeah, and the, but that, that, and that realistically, right, that, that, that there has been a slow rolled constitution. I mean, constitutional quote unquote, because you know, there isn't really one. But there has been is this crisis of British government that has now been happening for 
decades, decades and decades. I mean, you could, it depends when you want to start. The, I mean, I tend to start the clock at Thatcherism largely because we can see the long-term effect of Thatcherism was that the British state has no longer able to sustain productivity because if we have factories, we'll have unions and unions are bad. Instead, what we're going to do is be the world capital of financialization and we're going to start by doing it to ourselves, which means that basically like we think we've been eating well, but we've just been eating our own arms and legs and torso and we're sort of now just running out of rib meat, right? That, that's where I put the constitutional crisis starting because we've been trying to run a marathon while sustaining ourselves only on eating our own legs. Let, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's just ha- establish some baseline things here. This m- is probably not new information to you if you are in the United Kingdom. It might be if you're outside of this country. Wage growth in this country is not just stagnant since the 2008 crisis. I- if you adjust for inflation, wage growth is negative. Uh, this country has the worst income inequality in Western Europe. When it was a member of the EU, it had the worst regional inequality of any country in the EU. When you think about the regional inequality that must exist in a country like fucking Romania, no, Britain Britain is far, far worse. Yeah, We spend more of our income on our rent than any other country in Europe. I yes, we have the worst quality housing stock in Europe in terms of age, serviceability, insulation. If you don't like your house, move to Britain and pay more we for have, it. <laughs> we, ha- we also have, as Alice said, some of the most expensive... I'm not sure if we have the most expensive real estate. Uh, Southern England absolutely has the most expensive real estate um, in Europe. I would also say a couple other points. At present, I believe we are presently paying more for energy than any other country in Europe. And we're going to pay even more soon. We are going to pay even more soon. In October, it's going to go up again. Uh, it's estimated between 33 and 50% of children in this country live in poverty. The overwhelming majority of people in this country who are in poverty are in work. I don't care if you're in work or not, because a government allowing poverty to happen is a choice that government is making. And in the UK's case, it's, it's incredibly egregious. But even if you were like a fucking guy who thinks Singapore is the best country on the planet, like people in this country do work. Uh, it's just, it's just that the cost of living is so high and wages are so low. So we are now like, it's not even sick man of Europe. Like you're in a situation where things have not gotten better for so long that the only thing really holding this country together is that they keep inflating the housing market. I really Mm -hmm. genuinely believe that. I mean, you have, you have, you, you've had huge supply chain crises and labor crises this year because they depended so long on the ability to import the cheapest of cheap labor from the EU and they can't anymore because they cut, cut off their nose to spite their face and own the libs. And no country in the EU benefited from the fucking the, the labor arbitrage more than the UK did. So like it, it, it's, it's, it's obscene what they got away with. And they still said, no, we'd rather be even more racist. And we hate Poles and Romanians so much that we're going to, uh, yeah, force force a huge labor shortage on ourselves. Like it's a it's a nightmare. The point I'm trying to make here is that this this country, it's very very difficult to find any like positive direction, like good news about this country. Genuinely, like like to find good news about the overall outlook of the UK's economic and political situation, you have to go for one of those like insane macro listicles that'll be like, whoa, death rates have reduced 99.9% since 1381. (laughs) And and, And that's been every like piece of uh, sort of lobby journalism about the economy. And so 
the situation is so dire and I feel like that doesn't get communicated because so often the way that it's represented in this country is basically like if you present a case of how dire things actually are. It's either I remember the milkman boomer memes or will you nationalize sausages? The, the, the media in this country and politics in this country just pretends it didn't hear you. Uh, well, I'll give you an example of how that is happening in real life, which is I've recently seen a Victoria Spratt, former guest on this show and housing journalist, described as a campaigner and activist because she describes what housing is really like. Amazing. If you're able to identify what a house is in this country, if you can do the sort of like uh, year one drawing of like a house with windows and a door and a little roof, maybe with your family outside and stick figure, that's activism. Because we talked about this a lot, right? That fundamentally in Britain we have we have a swine mentality, we have a filthy hog mentality, mm. which is that no matter how terrible and shit our lives are, no matter how much swill we consume, no matter how much mud and piss and shit we bathe in, that it is what we deserve, and that better than this cannot be imagined. Again, sorry, this is I want to emphasize, right? That this mentality is core to the cycle of people. This core, this mentality is core to the cycle of. You read the news, you get agitated by the news, then you pick the person who's going to beat you with, who's going to beat you senseless, right? That's that. That's core to that mentality, and yes. I think this is why uh, this, there are other mentalities which we'll talk about in a little bit, mostly to do with labor organizing, which is not a swine mentality, the opposite. Um, but what, what I think with, if we're talking about pig. is that uh, is right, is that where <laughs> we this hole. big black hole. Right there's a big <laughs> empty void at the center of, of 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 Britain of British society of all of this. Uh, it it is. Yeah, we have to band together to fill Britain's politics hole. Yeah, well, indeed, mm, and, and this right. is this is why you know as the the politics hole tends to be filled with ludicrous shenanigans, spectacle, personality, and so on, because we are completely we decided it was the right thing to do to to eat our legs before running the marathon in order to get some energy for the marathon. And that we are unwilling to recognize that that was a bad choice politically because, well, just, just if only because everyone, everyone's <laughs> well, cozy little movie yeah. and then genius. Yeah. Everyone's yeah. cozy little life depends on no one ever recognizing that fact. And, and this is why, like, when, when I see the sort of Johnson going, and you remember, well, like, wait a minute, has the government served a full term since 2015? Because <laughs> no. Britain, Brit Britain's politics hole used to be filled with Johnson. Yeah. Mm, uh, but right. now, without that, our politics hole is left to gape. Well, and, mm. and, and what's very... <laughs> My and, I mean, gapes is coming back. And this, our politics hole, our politics <laughs> hole used to be filled with Brexit as well. But everyone's kind of agrees on that now. There, there's, there's mm -hmm. no more. Yeah, it's like settled law, which is, which is in itself like that's another example of the ratchet, right? It only tightens, it never loosens. Um, so you know, Rwanda deportations to Rwanda, those are baked in now. That's settled because we've almost done it once, and therefore we have to keep doing it forever. And in fact, maybe we have to do more the of it. The thing is, it's, it's either this constant invented fake crises, uh, ludicrous shenanigans. Uh, it's just gonna keep coming. Because all of the people who guard all of the official levers of power are all committed to making sure that nothing gets fixed in them and that we're driving this car. And now it works we're going to go into is the people who are um, trying to get into the driver's seat of the car that is going along the road and slowly shedding parts. They say, well, I can drive the car in such a way that will cause all of the parts to fly back on. Um, you know, they've already eaten their own legs. And I mean, <laughs> yeah, of course. And I mean, I think that realistically, right, this is why I say why I go back to sort of thinking about this in terms of sort of Starmer taking over the Labour Party and disconnecting it from people's real concerns is largely just that 
you know, this is this is the uh, this is the alternative. It is uh, it is just an increasingly ludicrous display in the news to fill the inc- the large and growing hole where politics is sort of being demanded. Uh, even if it's not actually happening, I demand politics in my large uh, and growing home. Because the thing, and this, say, is, this, this is what I'll say: right, the political economy of Britain cries out to have its holes filled. Mm, that's, <laughs> that's right. right. Which is that all of these? I don't that all of these institutions of of the British state, which many of which exist, I mean, to you know further the interests of British capital and so on, are uh, at, at a point of almost terminal weakening. Uh, reaching a, a being yeah, governed which by is good. Yeah, being governed by a, a a Tory party that is manifestly out of uh, fake crises for now, at least to fill the big politics hole at a time of unprecedented uh, worker mobilization. Yeah, and it's 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 good. It's what they deserve. Yeah. These institutions deserve to fall apart. They deserve to be brought to ruin because they were already been. They've already been brought to ruin by their own nature, and we've already tried to like use those institutions to better people's lives and it you know was met with nothing but hostility by yeah, them and and so the, i think with the other thing that this whole sort of this what this what this reveals the sort of reasons for removing johnson uh his removal itself oh, i've got some reasons for removing johnson <laughs> um, and then what people pro- want to do once he's uh once he's gone and they get in right is um it just shows what happens when consensus ossifies and becomes rot Right. Johnson's departure from the politics hole may mark the first time in his life he's ever pulled out. <laughs> That's right. Where you have to ask, like, where what is political, which is personal conduct, personal background, personal values, and what is not political, such as tens or hundreds of thousands due to de- de- mismanagement or social murder. How have multiple women let Boris Johnson raw dog it? Is the real he, unanswered? He clearly question. has a vibe. This is all we can say. I mean, that that I man, <sighs> he must surely fuck. That's all we can. You you can watch you can watch him work his fucking shagger magic on Laura Koonsberg in that video where they're sort of shot like in a closed pub and they're sort of sitting and talking and she's interviewing him and there's just it gives off such profound either we fucked or we're gonna fuck vibes. Like, he, clearly it's just a magnetism thing. Now, I do think that there is an extent to which. Johnson just kind of represented I I feel like this is such a cliche to say it but like basically just throwing the pl- like throwing coffee in the face of your enemy cold coffee of course you don't scald them you just basically throw a tantrum and say haha fuck you I'm going to I'm going to dump this drink on your head basically I've never wanted to own the libs that badly that to like look up and see that face but like that's like, I think Johnson not just we're not talking about specifically sexual magnetism here I just mean in general I I feel as though Johnson was always the comedy option Johnson was the cry laugh emoji he he basically represented like you know, making a well-timed, stupid joke, throwing some Latin in when, like, the question is, how are we going to govern the the seventh largest economy or ninth largest economy in the world, where the fuck it is? How are we going like, to keep people from dying? And how are we going to keep answer. people from dying? And he just is like, he's going to quote Ovid and then make some joke about Bussy, which like is great on a podcast, but <laughs> tremendous on a podcast. Please don't do that on a podcast because we already do it and, and we want to keep this niche that we've built. I mean, to but, be fair, if you're quoting Ovid, you don't need to. To add the joke about Bussy, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, but that's what you see. What I mean, though, Riley. Like, I don't. I feel like I feel like there's an extent to which, if we're going to issue a sort of final judgment on this period before we talk about the freaks that are waiting in the wings to do Johnsonism, but even worse, um, I feel like we have to 
acknowledge the extent to which he was foisted upon us and the British public because he basically represented this sort of notion of like this ruffian who's going to throw up two fingers and, and, and tell you to go fuck yourself, you know, like piss off Ramoners, ha ha, we, we won, etc. He was just that. The, the novelty parody candidate, you know, placed to own the libs and tell people to fuck off, then had to govern the country through like a once in a fucking century crisis. And we, by all accounts, failed miserably. And now we're living in, you know, in, in, in the, the slop trough as a result of it. So I feel like the funny thing about it is I do not feel as though there has been any reckoning and there has been any acknowledgement of how bad they fucked it. I certainly don't think you'd get that from British media. And I genuinely think that the lesson the Tory party is deriving, maybe as a segue into what you're going to talk about next, Riley, is just do more of this, but be even crueler and also do more austerity. Well, and the thing is, a couple of things. Number one is that, is that to, the reckoning that they have with it is to remember Jeremy Corbyn as even worse in retrospect, because that's the only way that any one yeah, of these people can justify. Everything that's happening now yeah. would definitely have happened under Jeremy Corbyn, they say. And you're like, you're like, wait, but that's what's happening. And they're like, yeah, but it would have been worse under Corbyn. It's just sort of like, how could it possibly be worse than what's already happened? Um, and, and 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 also right that to, it would have been socialist is, <laughs> is is to remember right that it's um all of, that n- anyone who was shocked by this before we move on uh this is who they chose and this is their guy um and uh, yeah it didn't work it didn't yeah, work out and for them never ever yeah. let them forget yeah. it uh and you know, I think though that I think that I don't think there is much of a lesson that they can take from this though because I think Boris Trump comparisons are stupid and often are made on the basis of like you know um quite uh, two men poor. i don't like yeah two men Dumb i don't hair. like that are there yeah and with sort of similarly stupid hair the one the one thing i think it is worth saying though is that in both cases both of them were creatures of the media uh who were able to basically get by on being kind of famous uh and being from tv and yeah and, and run roughshod over their own sort of like parties institutions yeah. by virtue of sort of popular support yeah. or claimed popular support. And, and, but popular support that they were able to generate by being a kind of charismatic TV person who's fine. epic, yeah. yeah. And I don't, and, at this, and the thing is, like, the, the, the American Republican Party and nor, now, and the British Tory Party now, can't really generate another epic TV guy. You know, you can't just, like, try and turn... Yeah, they spent all yeah. of their great person points. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, like, what are they going to do? Fuck it. Like, like Rishi Sunak is trying to be a, a, a TV guy, but he's the kind of like, he is also the kind of uh, like fucking like psycho who has just been in all of these uh, great um, and prestigious positions for his entire life. And so, of course, is going to be fucking weird. Yeah, it's sort of like a like an LA sheriff's deputy. If Rishi Sunak ever takes off a shirt, you'll see the like full back tattoo of Ludwig von Mises. And so you know, they, it's just I I don't know what it, I, a thing I assume a lot of LA sheriffs. Of has. course, right. I I honestly think like that if, if I I think that most of these people. I mean, I've actually read all of their pitches. Uh, it's remarkable how much consensus there is. And how much transphobia? Oh yeah, and consensus absolutely. About the Apart from from Grant Shapps, weirdly. Yeah, that was that was Unexpected. bizarre. Yeah. yeah, Grant Shapps, the man who's in favour of oh, I don't know. All this that seems a bit of a weird thing to be obsessed about. Yeah. So critical <laughs> support to Grant Shapps <laughs> um, on that one. The, the thing yeah. is, the thing is, you can't be minister with responsibility for trains without interacting with a lot of trans people. Yeah. And <laughs> it just it forms a positive impression. Sorry, I, I thought you were saying transphobia. Yeah. Um, no, so I, I think like the, a, this is a long list of people, um, all of whom have just been career politicians. 
as opposed to like Johnson, who was again incidentally a career politician who was mostly a columnist and TV personality. The Oscars death list 2021. Yeah. It's very but long. This is all a bunch <laughs> of career politicians uh, who all have said that they are going to uh, bring about a low tax, high growth, high wage state. Unleash the potential of Brexit. And also, there's like, everyone wants to expand the Rwanda program. So the difference between them is just a question of which themes you like. Um, it's that why yeah, I actually... Which one you think is hot? Yeah. And the answer is always Penny Morgan. I, I, think, I think the only answer of which potential leadership candidate could actually change the country, not necessarily for the better, but what's the only, who is the only one that could actually plot a different course? Well, Steve Baker would have gotten us all killed. Yeah. Liz Truss still might yeah. get us all killed. No, it's, uh, I think Matt Hancock is the only option for real change. Uh, not necessarily for the mm. better. He's as stupid and evil as the rest of them. But unlike the rest of them, he's a very gullible, true believer in lots of different things as opposed to... And it's very easy to convince. That's why he's not as evil yeah. as the rest of them. Because he's stupid. He doesn't have the same moral weight attached to his evilness. He, d- he knows not what he does. <laughs> I, I, yeah, absolutely. I think like, it's like, it's like, look, some of what Matt Hancock does might kill your nan. But some of it might, like, I don't know, legalize weed. He doesn't believe it now, but I think he'd be easy to convince. Yeah, it might legalize yeah. weed for your yeah. nan. Honestly, if you if you played Matt Hancock an entire Sean Paul album, it might change his life. <laughs> he was he would have been so easily influenced by anyone. It would have been total unpredictability. But instead, we just have all of these deeply predictable people. Matt Hancock legalizes ketamine by mistake, but also reinstates the death penalty for salvia. No one understands why it just happened. <laughs> I, I think Salvia sort of is the death penalty. Yeah, I think I think he could like come up with a scheme to like get every boiler in the UK like doing cryptocurrency calculations, and that's how it like produces heat. And and all to enrich a guy he met at the jockey club, or he could also accidentally implement UBI while doing his own taxes. <laughs> I think it could be any of that. Uh, so here's what we have. Look, we have Steve Baker. Um, who uh, w- deranged yeah. when when I seize power, sort of far right Brexiteer, uh, who's who uh, in this sort of four hours as candidate uh, says, I will be relaunching conservative way forward to redefine the territory in which the Conservative Party operates. Yeah, tactical guy. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Uh, no. uh, already quit. Yeah, I believe. Uh, if you want to talk about tactical guy, there's of course uh, Tom Tugendhat, of course. When asked, ah, yes, for, former intelligence officer of at least one kind. Uh, uh, where TA guy uh, uh, as well. He said when when asking answering the question, "What's the naughtiest thing you've ever done?" Because again, our our, our it's it's our our media is of course as we talked fields about fields of wheat, fields of wheat, deeply <laughs> unserious. He again gave the, an he gave an unserious answer as well, which is, "I invaded Iraq." Well, you're in the intelligence corps. Don't hype yourself up too much. Yeah, you were kind of many, many miles behind the front line, sort of following. You know. Well, so it's uh, but again, like. The I think that's that is quite telling, right? Of the uh, none of this is serious. This is all a little fun game between friends. What's a million dead Iraqis? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, it's because this is again someone who like definitely was happy about it and would do it again. You know, well, Tom Tugendhat's campaign has been he's just been using his first name because no one can pronounce his surname, so he's just been Tom. And his thing is a clean start. Oh, he said yeah, it so many times. I, I think well, he re- he really missed the trick in like not trying to brand himself as like a Captain Tom, like you know, uh, successor. Uh, yeah. I think he literally is a Captain Tom yeah. too. Uh, he says, um, "Oh no, I think no, he's well, he yeah. was anyway." So this is speaking to someone uh, who he flew a mission with in Iraq. He talks to like an anime villain. Uh, this person said, "Oh, I was in the second helicopter in that thing." Tugendhat replied, "Well, your minigunner nearly kill us, killed us. Luckily, he's a crap shot." Uh, he recalls now. 
Later that night, we went to the bar, and he bought the first round. I was standing next to the bar, and he said, you're round next. And I said, no, mate, it's your round forever, because you tried to kill me and failed. That's just like epic army guy but, stuff. Yeah, version. you said he yeah. was. You said he was. He was an intelligence officer. So, mm-hmm. like, were they ferrying him around to like pick up a special tube of toothpaste at the PX? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> what the fuck was he doing in a helicopter? Like, like his job is to sit in the nerd box and analyze nerd shit. That's what they do all day. <laughs> Bitch ass. You're not gonna fucking impress me with that shit, Major Tom. Actually, Major Tom, if he is a major in the TA, would be a funnier thing to go by. At least he would it would ply off that boomer nostalgia for David Bowie. He's he's made it all the way to Lieutenant Colonel. You'll be this is ground out. control to yeah. Major this Tom. Is, this is from his pitch. He says, My view is clear. The Conservative Party must be a broad church that anyone can find their home in, whether young or old, northern or southern, renter or owner. How they're going mm. to do make a renter feel more at home in the Conservative Party, uh, presumably by again, by being racist, uh, yeah, creating some crisis that they're then going to promise to to, to solve. Um, hey, am I the crisis? Uh, I don't want to be the crisis. Says, I'm, I'm I'm putting together a broad coalition of colleagues that will bring new energy and ideas to government, and finally to br- new ideas about what the crisis could be, and finally to bridge the Brexit divide that's dominated our recent history. But is done. Bridged. It's it's it is bridged. Yeah. Like that. There is no party accepting maybe the fucking Lib Dems who want to revisit it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Star even Starmer is just like, yeah, we're gonna have hard Brexit, but I'm gonna manage it well, basically. Yeah. Um, but Tom we're going said, to have a responsible hard Brexit that's managed appropriately. He says, of course, the full advantages of Brexit are yet to be unleashed. These are not listed. Uh, taxes, <laughs> citation needed. Taxes are, are too, unleashed. Yeah. The full advantages. <laughs> taxes are too high, and there's an emerging consensus across the party that they must come down. Uh, of you course, you just put them up. Well, yeah, well, you know what? <laughs> Your party yeah, but that was just socialism. Did that. Yeah, well, that was the, yeah, was the, that old was the guys. socialist Rishi Sunak. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, he says, more than ever, we need a military-style ish- grip on issues of crime and illegal immigration. A military-style so, grip. You know, dysfunctional and filled with suicides, <laughs> like mm. a like a foregrip, maybe. Yeah, yeah. D- a deep cut style grip. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we're I, gonna get a hold on me. the country like Pete Buttigieg holding that gun in that yeah. picture. <laughs> yeah, 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 maybe some kind of. No, we, this is this is the great thing, right? Is we we can't even do like a, a a war on drugs or a war on crime because those things have been so obviously discredited that now we have to do a military style yeah. grip on Tom, crime. Tom Tugendhat fucking holding Britain at the low ready. Bringing, bringing things into martial <laughs> law the next time someone makes untoward comments about Johnny Mercer's wife on the Plymouth Herald comment <laughs> section. Um, yeah, yeah, the war on drugs has failed. We must begin the special operation. Mm. Uh, but it's like one of the things that sort of really struck me about reading all of these people is just that um, it, it's, it feels like who is it, it, it feels like they're coming into the job, uh, a job that they're going to manifestly fail at immediately. And then the question is just, at what point are they going to be embarrassed into calling an election that they're just going to kind of, I don't, in my opinion, lose, lose lo- to forensic yeah. kids. Lo- lose by default, essentially, because they've just fucked up too much for the last several years. But again, like, it, it just because of the manifest failure to come to terms with any of these issues, uh, with any of the things that, Nate, that you listed, the long laundry list of, like, where politics is needed in order to make people's lives better. Uh, or at least stop. There's a manifest inability to even recognize that they're there. And this guy's one of the people that the press are calling more reasonable. Um, yeah. I'm just going to say it, though. One thing, I know we've just gone through an enormous crisis and they fucked it really bad. But just bear this in mind, given the, fuck, the, the, the nature 
of the British electoral system and the uh, politics of this country in general. We are in year 13 of the conservatives' reign of shit, if you will. But bear in mind, mm-hmm. Thatcher ruled for... Eight, or the Tories, once elected you know, with Thatcher in 79, ruled until 1997. They still managed yep. to limp on. And I would just say this with all of my heart. If there were ever a labor leader who could lose fucking uh, Neil Kinnock style, <laughs> 1992 Neil Kinnock style, after all the shit the Tories have fucked up... It is yeah, we need Starmer. to keep Keir Starmer so away from the sea at all costs. <laughs> I mean, he cannot be allowed to fall in the sea. I think, I think that's absolutely true. I mean, he it's it's his. I think it's his to fuck up, and I fully believe in his ability to fuck it up. Yeah, but if nothing else changes by default, if there are an election tomorrow, he would win probably. Yeah, probably. Right? But then again, mm. I mean, I mean. Ed Miliband was pulling ahead the entire time in 2015. And, and again, mm. never, and, never, yeah. never count them out. Their ability to to lose and lose badly. But also the fact that even even should they win, uh, that sort of the opposite of never count them yeah. out. Always, always count, count out them out. The <laughs> but even even should they win, I mean, Starmer now is saying that is is basically saying, well, we still need to reduce the size of the state. We still need to to get taxes down, and so on. He agrees with all these motherfuckers too. So yeah, it's, he it's is just, also it, a Tory leadership. Contestant. Yeah, it's just it's a man. It's a it's it's. Who is going to who is going to replace Boris Johnson to essentially say a, a, a repeat a bunch of platitudes uh, into the into the legislation machine while you know continuing the long progress of you know, of outsourcing and, and what, what the flavor state. of it do you want yeah. do do you want the, this tactical guy yeah. uh, do do you want a tactical girl maybe yeah. that's who I want do you want like one of the culture warriors uh, do you want I mean because we've got we've got what Liz Truss Suella Braverman Pretty Patel like. Yeah, let's let us let us just blast through these let, real quick. Let's hear the yeah. list. Uh, uh, Nadim Zahawi is uh, ch- a man whose chancellor, whose role as chancellor coincided with when my internet at home got fixed. Uh, oh yeah, yeah sort of j- joke candidate. Yeah. Very funny. That, he, I mean, can we just can we just first of all can we just congratulate Nadim Zahawi on some of the most like messy bitch who loves drama behavior I've ever seen in British oh, politics, sure. where yeah. he it, he insisted that if Boris made Liz Truss chancellor and not him, he would resign and call for Boris to go. So Boris made him chancellor, and he immediately put out a statement on the Chancellor of the Exchequer <laughs> letterhead about how Boris should go. You know that when you and resign, like, you get sixteen thousand pounds. Yeah, that, that's oh, what fuck. I was going to say. It's like a game show. Would you like to gamble or would you like the £16,000 now? Mm. And then Nadim Zahari has said today that he plans to fund tax cuts by cutting every government department by 20%. That's You heard that correctly. That's every government department by 20%. Peacing out arms and legs. <laughs> no, there's no legs left, Nadim. What are you, <laughs> where are you going to find the 20%? Because it's the pure... This is what it, we talk... We, we talk about insularity is the same thing we mean when we talk about like total separation of the actual experience of living here. Is because all your understanding of the world around you is just... You talking to your little friends who you either like to get into a little club with or like to kick out of the other little club. What's he going to do? Sell whales? Like, what? what, what there is no... <laughs> there's nothing left. There's no services left. Getting a little text from Nicola Sturgeon there like, hey, got an idea. I was thinking about Hussein's experience. Correct me if I'm wrong, Hussein, but didn't you have to go on your honeymoon on your Canadian passport? Because this just takes six months to get a British passport now. Like, yeah, like everything. Yeah. Like, and, that, yeah. and that's just one example of like, it takes six plus months to get uh, uh, an appointment to take a road test for driving. And the worst part is, right, we don't even have a sort of a Mediterranean culture where we know the government doesn't work. We accept it and therefore we pay someone a bribe to get it to work for us. You can't even do that. You try and bribe a, a like 
a passport officer, you get arrested and you still don't get your passport. It's bullshit. <laughs> I think this was also why when the pandemic started, I was doing like mutual aid uh, in my area, like, you know, lots of other people and the mutual aid system like collapsed really fast. And I got very disillusioned with it. Um, not because like I didn't want to do it or like I didn't find it rewarding, but the fact that like even working within that type of like, even trying to build this type of mutual aid system in like a Tory constituency that uh, overseas, like is, you know, one of the poorest boroughs and like, you know, in Grace London, um, they just like hate each other and they were like actively distrustful of the people who really needed like, you know, mutual aid. And like, you know, there were lots, there was lots of talk about like, you know, all these people are like scamming benefits. So like we shouldn't send a food parcel to them. And it's we like- means test the mutual aid. Yeah, we yeah we yeah we have to but basically yeah it was like we have to like means test the mutual aid but when you're like okay well how do you want to do it they don't really have any answers of how to do it in any way other than like I don't like this person and I would like their life to be miserable if possible um and the police won't like because the police are so underfunded they won't come and like knock on their house to like arrest them for going on a second walk so I'm just going to deny them like a couple that of should tins be the of yeah. stuff. It's we're, we are so alienated that we need a functional society to keep us from having to interact with one another. And yet it, here we go needing to talk to people. Uh, I'm going to keep running down the list, of course. Uh, yeah, next, yeah, next, Su- next. Sunak, I mean, a putative front runner, widely hated by everyone else I, because he's I a putative love front him runner. stealing AOC's campaign logo yeah, for awesome. ready for Rishi. I love him going everywhere in his shirt sleeves. Uh, I love all of the videos that are emerging of him when he still had his accent from Winchester. Everything about him is hysterical to me. He's probably going to fucking win. There, there are some there are some photos that have come out which have shown his true height, and yeah. I just think that's very funny too. Because for so long, like as I've spoken about many times on many different shows, uh, he has a team of photographers that are obscuring how tall he is, and it all got ruined when Reuters took an image of him standing next to a very tall army like officer. Um, and finally, we realize that actually this He's is a, a very pint short man it's with the, the proportions of a tall man. So it's it's like an optical yeah. illusion. He's lanky. Yeah. Is the Conservative Party ready for a five foot four leader? And so, of course, he said uh, <laughs> he's going to restore trust, rebuild the economy, and reunite the country. Again, by like not immediately reversing his own tax rises, but promising like, essentially the same thing, right? A return to fiscal credibility so that a wizard will uh, invest money in various you know, towns and so on. Yeah, things, that, things that have been promised to be for 12 years that have not failed, they've only been failed. I just got to say this, though, I did see some polling and granted, I think it was YouGov, but it was very funny because it was Keir Starmer, like favorability versus all of these uh, potential Tory leaders, like leadership candidates. And it was like uh, Zahawi, it was like Starmer plus 12. Trust, it was like Starmer plus eight. But head to head with Sunak, it was Sunak plus two. And I was just like, it is possible it is possible for us to have a short king prime minister who actually beats Starmer in an, in a general election, and uh, oh, little guys, two little guys exactly <laughs> poking over the dispatch boxes. We actually we we, we 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 suspend the normal process to elect a prime minister and elect parliament, and instead it just becomes a contest between you have like a final fight style bonus round of how many delivery drivers you can mow down with your SUV. And honestly, here <laughs> Starmer is already seriously ahead in that contest. <laughs> Well, the problem is, right, that um, Sunak is not liked by the Tory membership. Mm-hmm. So he's got it. No. I fully believe that the British public would vote for Sunak. 
<laughs> He's gonna like thread that needle of like being popular with MPs and like unpopular with like the foaming at the mouth Tory. Well, you know, members. actually, one of the really big reasons why they don't like Sunak is because they think he's too left wing. <laughs> I yeah, think he spent he's too much socialist. money during the pandemic because yeah. he was sullied by the business of actually having to govern and do things. Mm-hmm. Whereas the perfect angel that we're about to discuss next has not been sullied by those things. <laughs> well, I think you can project whatever you want angel? on her. What I think before uh, before we move on from Rishi, I think the one thing I want to say about his campaign video, which again I've unfortunately watched, is 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 purely about um, his personality, his background, and his sort of. And how that cons- it confers on him a manifest fitness to govern, because at this po- at this point there is no longer really a credible case that can be made that you will do anything differently or anything that you do will work. Just that you sort of deserve to be given a chance, more or less, mm-hmm. because you because you share an attitude. Yeah, that it's, all, it's, is all, good. it's all Hamilton yeah. shit, right? Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so of course, the next person uh, that we're going to talk about, of course, is. Uh, one Elizabeth Truss, transphobic Bridget Jones herself, opening up new pork yeah. market. Uh, and nice. her, she says, genuinely could get us all killed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, like, if you think, like, she wouldn't just call Zelensky; she would like ask Zelensky where she wa- where he wants us to fire Trident. <laughs> First of all, yeah, like genuinely, catastrophically, irresponsibly. Um, I, I've been called one of the most, I think, called uh, defiantly vacuous. Uh, but again, mm. that's that's perfect Go for this. Boss. Yeah, that's perfect for this mode of politics, of course, because what you you just have to have nothing but a, a firm belief in everything you think and have the complete immunity the, to seeing anything trust, rise up from below. If Liz Truss ever becomes leader of the Conservative Party and Prime Minister, there should be a guy like a slave at a Roman triumph. Who has to follow her around saying, Prime Minister, if you fire Trident, where will you buy shoes? <laughs> yeah. If you doom all of us, then uh, th- then you you will be doomed as well. Memento you mori. You won't be able likely. to get a cute little top from Liberty yeah. <laughs> if you destroy all human life. I was just thinking it was more along the lines of, like you said, a slave followed her around just saying, remember, thou art girl boss, endlessly. <laughs> no, I, w- I need one of those. That would, that would, that would make the missile more likely. Uh, she said, under, mm. under my leadership, I would start cutting taxes from day one to take immediate action to help people deal with the cost of living. Again, why do you think the taxes are up? What do you think the Feeling state was there like to do? Something awful the way we got all this low tax. Yeah. Um, so um, most <laughs> Thank you for and, that. <laughs> geez, and they're all talking about, again, downsizing <laughs> the role of the state. When it seems as though the state was the only thing that got us through COVID. I mean, not unscathed, very scathed, but not worse scathed. It's like, well, mm-hmm, that'll never yeah. happen again. Time to go back to the Cameronite business of making a small state where we encourage people to have like close family relationships and other things that are free. Um, dude, dude, yeah. dude. So, yep. uh, she's she is uh yeah, as you say, rightly described as terrifyingly vacuous. The other interesting one I think is former Equalities Minister uh, Kemi Badnock, um, who's. Terrified, yeah. scares the shit out of me. Oh yeah, I'll say that. Uh, who is who's basically again looked at a, a wait, looked at all of the problems Nate has described, plus energy bills about to triple, uh, plus inflation running at eleven percent, and said we need to deal with free speech on campus. Uh, and there's yeah, from she's, she's extremely transphobic yeah. too. Oh, absolutely, oh, hugely, which is why she was a qualities minister. I genuinely like the purest culture warrior, along with Braverman, uh, and like. Fully gonna import some more U.S. style hysteria, which is gonna have you know 
the sort of top level governmental sanctions at the uh, you know at the one end and also the sort of the stochastic violence at the other. Honestly, I'm amazed that none of these freaks have talked about changing the gun laws at this point. Like it's the one thing left. What's a what's a mass shooting between friends? We you know? we are determined to like catch catch an American form of brainworms. I don't know why it is, oh, but yeah. like we have our own brainworms. It's fine. You know, it's transphobia stick- used to be ours, but now all of these fuckers are going, we're not doing it American. Yeah, enough. the bins, you know, we've got our own thing. <laughs> I think there is like I, I think there is a certain kind of British person that does like is this kind of innately like uh fascinated by like all the worst parts of America. I guess it's like the evolution of the guy that like goes to Florida once mm. and is just amazed by how big everything is. Um, yeah, the wedge issues are so much wider. But what I, I wanted to, what I, what, what I, what I took, when I read sort of uh, Kemi Badnock's uh, announcement um, piece uh, in, in the Telegraph, what is, what really struck me was um, this, you all remember the concept of luxury beliefs that get talked about and spiked and stuff? Oh, oh yeah. yeah, those things I am. Yeah, like a, a luxury belief, for those of you who sort of aren't familiar, is basically like, is, is their way of saying, oh, well, if you are, you must be trans because you don't have anything else to worry. Yeah, about. yeah, exactly. Any any kind of sort of social progressive belief you have is you have because you are rich enough to have it. Also, you're a degenerate. And I mean, mm-hmm. to be honest, if you want to talk about luxury beliefs, it's uh, carrying on like transphobic culture war stuff and uh, fucking like. Uh, 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 um, free speech on campus Ernest, stuff. Honestly, caring yeah. about like you know conservative points of view, getting bullied at you. Yeah, exactly. Sort of caring thing. about and, and yeah. all of all of this amounts to, by the way, it should be you. You should be shot by armed police for making fun of my like roller suitcase yeah. that I take to like. It's like it's 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 to to focus on this at a time to focus on like on on pushing these things and rolling these things back to be to be worried about these about these things from their perspective. Right, because worried about it from our perspective is worried about well, fucking them. But to be worried about this from from their perspective at a time like this, that's the fucking definition of a luxury belief. To to to, to make fun of me taking an attache case into a nine a.m. lecture is to be met with lethal force. <laughs> yeah. Very disappointed um, to discover when I took my briefcase into the nine a.m. lecture that there was no one actually else in the nine a.m. lecture to laugh at me. <laughs> everyone else had been out having fun. She says in her article. Uh, change does not mean reheated versions of 70s, 80s, or 90s policies. It requires a smart and nimble center-right vision that can achieve things. You know, things. Things. D- despite what is, what stuff. Is, what, is center, what is center about her vision? Uh, exactly. Is that she thinks she's reasonable. Uh, that's what center-right yeah, about okay, it. Okay, good. Uh, but she says, this requires a smart and nimble center-right vision that can achieve things despite entrenched opposition from a cultural establishment that will not accept that Ooh. the world has moved on from Blairism. Exemplified by... It's- it's grim, isn't Exemplified it? Exemplified by coercive control. Basically, it's like yeah, we're, it's like we're we're going to like shell the NHS and the BBC. We're not just going to sell off Channel Four. We're going to like do our own. We're going to get um um like conservative comedians to like do MST3K over Channel Four shows. I I genuinely think that Kemi Badenoch might be slightly more likely than Savella Braverman to take us to a sort of a Soros place in terms of culture wars. Uh, exemplified, I think that's probably right. Exemplified by coercive, because she's just a, she's a, a copy of Spiked magazine, essentially uh, in yeah, human fully. form. Uh, Listen, listening to her talk sounds like three clones of Milo all doing different Brendans <laughs> at different times. <laughs> the Brendan in the round, you know. It's it's exemplified by coercive control, the imposition of views, the shutting down of debate, and the end of due process. Identity politics is not about tolerance or individual rights, but the very opposite of our crucial, enduring British values. So, yeah, she's basically going to, um, she's going to, like, come in and just, she's the spiked candidate. 
who is going to just, yeah. uh, again, try and like repeal a bunch of laws that don't exist. Like she's going to try to like make it legal to say woman. Like she's going to pass a law mm-hmm. that it's legal to say woman. Uh, and sure. that's gonna And it's like, well, wait, you always could. You know, there, there's no law against it. Um, but there should be. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> hey, what are you talking about tarts for? What, so you can hang out with a bloke? Um, and then Suella Braverman, right? Uh, he says, uh, my belief in an efficient... It's bad knock, yeah, but dumb. My, my belief in an efficient low-tax state was set early, and I lo- owe a lot of that to my mom. Yeah, that's a standard story about personal background where, like, your mother, like, took you aside at the age of yeah. eight and said that corporation tax should be 15%. Yeah, if, if, if <laughs> any of these candidates tell us anything, it's that, like, your own personal background or characteristics matter less than nothing yeah. to your politics. Did nobody else's mother do that? <laughs> yeah. Is that just my mother? <laughs> and again, like, Me and Suella? she says, Napoleon derided Britain as a nation of shopkeepers, and he was Fucking right to- an incredible start to a paragraph, just phenomenal. And he was right to do <laughs> not, it. Not the candidate that I expected to reference Napoleon. I expected Penny Mordaunt to be out there with a master and commander reference. But uh, mm. Napoleon derided Britain as a nation of shopkeepers, but were in danger of becoming a nation of regulators. Uh, Conservative parties are now battlefield. Uh, let's make our own rules and grow the economy beyond the confines of London rather than sacrificing our recovery on the altar of net zero. You don't want to do that. How are you going to do that with anything you have planned? Yeah. All- the, the altar of net zero. Yeah. Well, it's because, you know, it's because anything but, you know, like coal and oil uh, is effete and liberal and culturally elite. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she she is the like one of the cry laugh emoji candidates, yeah. and that's great. But, cause, but weirdly, you know. right? Like you know, um, uh, Jeremy Hunt, who sort of is like destined just to like be in every conservative uh, leadership competition. Always the bridesmaid. The thing the thing about Jeremy Hunt is the parliamentary Conservative Party love him. Everyone else in the world, including the members despise him. What is he doing in Parliament all day to get this kind of support there? I think I think Jeremy Hunt, the boring answer is that he's just he's one of the more reasonable Tories. I think he's one of the ones who like has as as misguided as his vision may be, he actually has some ideas and would like to implement them to give like to achieve what he thinks of as a better way of doing things. Whereas most of them are just insane. Uh, well the thing is he's mm. again he's locked in um I'll, he actually has locked in all of the other things as well. If you think that Jeremy Hunt's going to be like, okay, well, the Rwanda deportation thing is obviously insane. No, he says that they should expand it and include other countries. Well, he was Theresa May's right-hand man. He's got to do a bit of you yeah. know, immigration racism. I, although, That's necessary. Fair, I think, to be fair, I, I think what, what, I, what I think that yeah, what you're saying is not he's a, re- he's a reasonable person who would be sort of materially better in government. More just like he's, no, he's reasonable yeah. on a sort of personal level to interact with, which is why all these people like him. Whereas, whereas Suella Braverman is the same politics, but way stupider. And so you'd find yourself in a situation where she, she, she basically is trying to do Islamophobia, but winds up accidentally mandating circumcision and then also blaming George Soros <laughs> without intending to. Like Jeremy Hunt just strikes me as boilerplate Tory, but his beliefs, he's framed as being on the left of the candidates you know, sort of slate, but his beliefs are, are, are identical. Firmly identical. Yeah, exactly. He says most note his first things he's going to do in addition to expanding the Rwanda deportation program is cut corporation tax to 15% to try to create a low tax, high growth, high wage economy, a plan I have never heard before. And I've never seen attempted before. Have any before. of them not said low tax, high wage economy? They have all said some version of that. Some have said okay. a nimble state that enables, that enables wage growth. 
Uh, most of them have said a high growth, uh, low tax economy. Some of them say all three. But all of them have said we are going to do the same thing, which is cut taxes. And then we're going to throw you the red meat of culture war stuff. And, um, and then that's going to enable us to have the kind of economy that we've been trying to cut our way to ever since between oh, 2010 well, and 1979. Fuck- how many more of these fuckers are there? Um, not many. Well, in many ways, in, ma- in many ways, they are to li- like in saying that they are going to uh, well, in in kind of putting all their chips on the culture war stuff, uh, they are indeed delivering the type of a uh, country that low tax uh, from something awful would have wanted. That's right. So, yeah. Thank you, thank so you for I, landing uh, the low tax joke. <laughs> I was reaching. I've had for. it. I've, I've had it. I've had it in my notebook for like a while. So I've got to fit it in somewhere uh, before it before before. Where's low tax? Where are we? Happy with it, myself. You know? That's right. I, I got. I got <laughs> just a couple where, more. Where is she? Just a couple she? more. All right. Where did yeah, she go? Um, like, Riley's like supply teacher. It's Friday afternoon, three fifty nine p.m. He's <laughs> so desperately hot. trying to hold control of the it's car. So warm. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, it's uh, honestly like again to to sort of finally answer your question. Yeah, they've all promised this thing that they're going to do by doing the same thing that everyone has done for the last ten years and hasn't worked. That's why I genuinely do believe that we might be at the end of a of a vandalism cycle and onto a um institutionalizing the vandalism cycle after this. Because there's kind of no gas left in this tank. There's kind of nothing left to do. They all seem very lost, to be honest. And their only sort of thing that they can really say, well, I'd like power because, well, I'd like it. And as you can see, I very much deserve it. Who else are you going to give it to? Grant Shamps? He's not even going to do transphobia. Come on. uh, To to be honest, that is kind (laughs) of implied in every one of these articles. Like, come on, who else are you going to pick? Realistically. Mm. Uh, let me oh, be the you, one who gets to do the ritual. You have to pick one of us. <laughs> let, let me be the one who does the ritual. Don't blame me. Yeah. I voted for Grant Shapps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And of course, uh, Saji Javed, uh, the Sag, of course. The is Sag, the Sag big, big Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But when will he become the walrus? Well, he says, basically, he said, <laughs> I don't think we can have growth as a country until we have tax cuts. Uh, and so he's basically going to again. Oh, I'll simplify yeah. it a bit and go. I don't think we can have growth as a country. Yeah. Uh, you just put taxes up. Yeah, it's a criticism. You were in of- government, <laughs> and you put them up. And it also, it wasn't growing before that. What did it? Oh, it's not going to work. It's never it worked. Well, of course it won't, because this is all of this is just rituals. It's just it is just mm-hmm. it is it is incantations that you say before changing the person who's who's. Operating the machine that kills you and also is breaking. Uh, yeah. Who next? Who next? Of the course, really sharp Sibian. Uh, uh, of course, uh, the uh, Penny Morden, who I believe accidentally yes. used a yes, clip from the wife. day today uh, in order I, to listen. <laughs> campaign listen. video. Listen, uh, uh, she's okay. She's the other troop in this election because she's a she's a Royal Navy Reserve officer, which means she's imperious, kind of I would say handsome rather than pretty. Mm. A hundred percent, like slightly domineering. Will she do all of this evil politics stuff? Sure, of course she will. Do I want her to fuck me? Of course I do. HMS Therefore, my vote. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. Uh, well, so I mean, she. Uh, the funny thing was, I think her uh, her her campaign video just starts with Britain has a prime minister who's a member of the Tory party, and the Tory party is undergoing a leadership election. <laughs> Like it's she she she's really playing into the navy uh, stuff too. Like that that leadership video had lots of photos of like big beautiful aircraft carriers, as well as big beautiful uh, Oscar massive, Pistorius wonderful. as well. Oscar and, Pistorius? and then what she 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 had she, she had a beautiful line at the end, which I'm going to be thinking about all week, which was 
uh, in our, you know, nowadays, leadership has become more about the leader, not enough about the ship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, that's it. That's it. We need it. We need a boat person. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that's right. A person yeah. of both. Too long. Mm. Too long has it been called. Look, look, here's the thing. We've had um, uh, lawyers come in and try to do the um, we're going to put down taxes and then create some kind of yep. Singapore yep. high wage economy. Cameron was a PR a guy. PR guy. We've had uh, a columnist. Ju- yeah, he was a columnist. Maybe um, a boat person will finally do it right. Maybe that's yeah. the ingredient doing that was na- missing. Doing a, <laughs> doing a naval-style operation on crime, which involves drinking, like, 16 bottles of port and falling off your own boat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going we're gonna to fire on crime from nine miles away. Yeah. Well, <laughs> welcome, welcome to Britain. Here's your rum, here's your sodomy, here's your lash. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> this is this is this is the candidate for yeah. me. It's it's the bit in um it's the bit in Tomorrow Never Dies where the, the, the naval the naval like Commodore or whatever goes, Oh, we can't achieve a radar lock, we'll have to do this the old fashioned way. <laughs> yeah, um, exactly. well, we can't achieve a high a high growth, low tax economy like this, we'll have to do this the old fashioned way. Turning the big key in the computer from peace to war. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Switching to uh, guns. And also uh, of course Preeti Patel is I believe throwing her hat in, which is need, terrifying need, and needs, needs no further explanation. Need a woman who's like a gender swapped mm. Nigel Havers in the cruel sea. Uh <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, no problem. Uh, Alice, you go. You go deal with whatever this is. Uh, we're, <laughs> and we're going to. Uh, I don't think technical difficulties. Nope. Whatever this is, <laughs> and we're going to go. Uh, we're going to sign off for our uh, Boris Johnson uh, slash Rajiv Misra in memoriam episode. Uh, and um, some Penny Mordaunt merch. Yeah. Is she doing like t-shirts or something? Yeah, you make a big foam finger. Uh, yeah, uh, and I just want to say, uh, yeah, congratul- pre- preemptive congratulations to whoever uh, takes over the social murder machine and gets to do social murder themselves and see if their plans would work. Yeah. Uh, and uh, commiserations to whoever will have dropped out of the race by the time this episode drops in like four hours. Commiserations to Keir like, Starmer, who has failed uh, to win the Tory leadership contest. Like, if, if, even if you lose, you win, because like even the job runners are going to be... Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tom yeah, I mean, doesn't think he's going to win. He's just like setting himself up to be like an important member of the, the Minister of Defense. Suella Braverman yeah. is not going to win the Tory yeah. leadership contest. Uh, let's, 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 let's not speak any of these things uh, into... <laughs> Allow me to confidently <laughs> say, with my hand on the lathe, Suella Braverman <laughs> yeah. will not become... If people really want to live, they really want to have fake Singapore on te- fake taxi Singapore on Thames, then do it. Not much I can do about it now. You know what I mean? Shut up before I come back and- there and lower your corporation tax. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we tried our best. We will continue to try our best, even though it may not amount to much. We fake yeah, taxes. Uh- Pe- Penny Penny Mordaunt has been branded a woke warrior for the trans lobby. Sure, uh, why not? I didn't think I could like her more. Yeah, <laughs> go off, Queen. Um, anyway, look, look. I think that the the point the point here, right, is that um, this is it's a, this is very much yeah fighting to govern the ashes. But boy, do they want to govern the ashes. Uh, also, you are the ashes, and also all of we are the ashes. Unless you're in America, you're different ashes. Um, so I want to say once again, thank you very much for listening to this show. There is a Patreon. It is $5 a month. You can get a second episode uh, every week. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. The, the people oh. are paying for it sometimes. Every week? Yeah, yeah every week. Oh. Every damn week. Sometimes you, you, you more. You can tell that it's one of those episodes <laughs> because Milo makes a noise with his mouth. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, absolutely. I've been doing um, that. But uh, there's, there's some other stuff <laughs> coming up. We have an Edinburgh Fringe show on the 26th. 
We yes, we uh, do. Can you buy tickets for uh, it yet? I do not know. Uh, so maybe th- is the answer to that. You know what? But, but the the whole <laughs> yeah. gang is going to yeah. be there. They have coaxed me out of my apartment. Yeah. Uh, oh, like a little trail of Reese's. If you, a little trail yeah. of Penny Mordor. <laughs> if you want, <laughs> if right. you want to buy, uh, like, ooh, a penny. if you want to buy mm. a uh, a ticket to uh, TF Live at Edinburgh, Google is your friend. I'm maybe sure you can. You can. <laughs> I'm sure you go can on the Edinburgh out. Fringe website <laughs> and type in Trash Future and see if it comes up or not. It will be available. At some point, yeah, absolutely. So keep refreshing the, that page, everybody. Uh, mm. Otherwise, uh, save the uh, my, Oh, I have shows. Uh, I'm doing the whole Edinburgh Fringe, fourth to twenty eighth of August. My show, four thirty five at the Mash House. Come to that. Um, also on the twenty second of July, I will be in Worcester. Do we have any fans in Worcester? I'm not sure that we do. It's a small town. On the twenty sixth, uh, and the ticket link <laughs> is now up. Um, I am doing a show in Manchester with Olga. Double header. There's not many tickets for that, so do get those because they yeah, it Manchester will, not being a small that town. will sell out like immediately, I would think. So do do yeah. get tickets for that. Okay, cool. All right. Well, uh congratulations Our theme to song is Here We yeah, Go by that's right. That's right. Um uh, Here We see. Go by Penny Mordor. Yeah, uh tra- Transphobia <laughs> for some, tiny uh British flags uh, for others. Our theme song is please DM me Penny Morton. Our theme yeah. song is a sea shanty sung yeah. by Penny Morton. <laughs> right. Bye everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.